All right. Welcome back to the Cartoon Caption Contest podcast. I'm Vin Coca. With me is Beth Lawler and Paul Nesha. And on part two of this week's episode, we will have New Yorker cartoonist Shannon Wheeler. But we will start off with the winner of Caption Contest 754, which is the Drew Dernovich firefighter cartoon. And uh, Drew Dernovich will be on the podcast next week, right? Yep. So Drew will be on next week to uh, talk to us about this cartoon. The winner was, since when did the pizza delivery guy get his own poll? Which was Beth's vote, but for the wrong reason. Um, <laughs> I wonder uh, if others had that same uh, wrong reason vote. Again, we, talk, we spoke about this cartoon. I didn't particularly love any one of these. So the fact that the pizza delivery guy won doesn't uh, surprise me or upset me. Right? Seemed like... Uh, we were all kind of in the same boat on this one. Very, very difficult cartoon to caption. Yes. I, uh, I definitely did like that one the best, the pizza delivery guy. It got funnier to me after you explained the actual joke to me. <laughs> <laughs> so so um, I was happy to see that that one won. The other two didn't grab me really at all. I thought Times Square and Columbus Circle was too New York-centric. Um, and then the personality test one just seemed like too obvious to me. Um, so I think the voters got this one right with the pizza guy. So I'm, I'm dying to find out from Drew what his caption was for it, though. So I'm looking yes, forward to that next do. week. Yeah, yes, I, I don't know. I, I don't like the winning finalist here. I, I never liked the pizza one. It, it just falls flat for me. You know, it's like a pizza comes in a box and... That's why it's a square hole. I, I, I don't get it. And for the other two, uh, they're okay. Uh, I actually like the last one best. You know, of all three of them, the uh, personality test, you know, I think it's just because my caption involved a test as well. So, but like Ben said, none of these really thrilled me, you know, so whatever. <laughs> Yeah, it was a very, very difficult one. I think the pizza delivery guy is just original enough that it earned its win. Mm-hmm. All right, let's jump right along to contest 756. This was the chameleon on the psychiatrist's couch. Uh, we made a prediction that there would be no originality coming out of this, uh, that we'd be able to predict the three finalists. Um there were probably 20 to 30 captions that were going to be finalists here. And uh, I don't think any of these were a surprise, right? We touched on all of these concepts. Tried a little different this week. Let's take them one by one. Okay. Uh, I'll start with the first here. So you're saying you didn't miss your last two appointments. So I think Beth and I both had, both had the same caption, um, which was, I worded it, um, Another no-show, which objectively, I think, is better than this caption. Right? It's the same exact joke, much shorter Sorry. and punchier. Uh, I think another no-show, which is by no means originality, right? I had it. You had it. Several people had it. I saw it in the crowdsourcing. Same joke as this first one, but I think better. Uh, what's your take on, on – again, I'm not surprised they went this route uh, – him missing appointments. I just don't think this wording was the best. 
Yeah, I, I didn't like this wording either. There's, there's too many words in it, first of all. And then, uh, so you're saying you didn't miss your last two appointments. So he's talking to the chameleon, right? And the chame- chameleon's talking back. So wouldn't the chameleon have said something in the previous appointments also? <laughs> I mean, it just kind of falls apart for me. You know, if you think a little bit about it, the, the logic just falls apart. So, yeah, it's, I like the concept. I don't like this particular one. Yeah. Don't you agree? Another no-show is just a better way to say this joke. Yeah. Yeah. It's more yeah. direct, and it, he's that means he's not even seen it this time. You know. Right, which makes it a little better, I think. Right. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, and also, the, it's another caption this week with um, conversational superfluous words in the front that I don't think add anything to the caption. You know, mm-hmm. so. You know, like you don't need that word so in there. I actually didn't end up submitting my caption that was like that one. Mine was diagnosis, uh, a reptile dif- dysfunction. Um, and you know what? I, I thought that would be original and I saw a bunch of those too. Yeah, yeah, I saw a bunch of them in the crowdsourcing also. Yeah, so, there was no originality here. I didn't submit yeah. that no show either for what it's worth. I ended up submitting yeah. a, it appears, you're un- it appears you're not comfortable in your own skin. Something like that which again, wasn't original. There were plenty of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was, like I said, this was an easy cartoon. It just so many ideas came to me immediately. Yeah. And they were all these ideas. You know, none of, none of these finalists were yeah. something that hundreds of others didn't think of. Yeah. yeah. I think Paul just hit it on the head too, what he said. You know, it doesn't make sense that he sees the chameleon on the couch today, but didn't see him prior in, in other appointments. That doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, I'm surprised by this. Yeah. Definitely surprised by this. How about the second one? Let's see how you feel on the curtains. Um, That's the only one I personally like. I guess we'll get to the third in a minute. But what was your take? Um, Again, it's not original. But but it's kind of funny. I I, I like the way it's worded. Let's Let's see how you feel on the curtains. I don't know if it makes a ton of sense, but for some reason I like it. I just think it's short. It's punchy. It's kind of maybe silly. Maybe that's why I like it. I'm not sure, but what's your take on it, Paul? Yeah, it's, it's, I say it's kind of silly as well because it's, he's equating the feelings with the chameleon's ability to change. So go sit on the curtains and we'll see how that changes you. It's like, let's just do different things with the chameleon. Let's put him on the cabinet. Let's put him on the table. Let's put him on the floor yeah. and let's see how he feels in each of those places. It's like, yeah, it's, it's okay, but it, it doesn't grab me. <laughs> yeah. The only, it makes a little bit of sense to me because the chameleon does look a little depressed. <laughs> so maybe he doesn't like the pattern on the couch, but you know, he's got to be upset about something else or else he wouldn't be in a therapist's office. So doesn't, really make all that much sense to me but uh but it is clever and it's a little more original yeah uh, i think this was a week where it was who got lucky right Mm -hmm. i I don't think anyone was going to really break the mold on this you don't appear comfortable in your own skin i think is just as good as any of these i think if luck went went another way i could have been a finalist either of you could have been a finalist it was Mm -hmm. it was an easy cartoon where i think luck was just going to come into play on this one yeah, yeah but i actually got into the top uh ones there mine was uh first you have to not want to change 
So I, had, I saw mine floating around there for a while. That, that's a really good one. And it fits in with what a few of the cartoonists, and I think maybe did Bob say this, that, you know, you take, take a, a um, well-known saying and put a different spin on it. Right. And that mm-hmm. makes a good caption. And that's what you, your caption did, Paul. So yeah, yeah absolutely. a number of people do the same thing with that one. So it's like, once again, it's like there was a number of us who did this. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, but it works well. Yeah, I didn't expect home runs on this cartoon by any means, but I did think they would pick three that are that that really nailed the wording. I thought yeah. this would just be one where no one's gonna come up with something original, but three people are just gonna really put the pen down and cleverly write a caption. And I don't think anyone did that. Right. Yeah. So it brings us to the last one. Hmm. I'm beginning to see a pattern. The whom at the outset is, yeah, it, it hurts the caption. I cannot imagine. And I saw plenty that were without the whom that just said, I'm beginning to see a pattern. Yeah. Why they chose that whom at the beginning, I have no idea. Yeah. It's almost as if they just picked three at semi random. Yeah. And I think that because that's just not the best wording. There's, there's yeah. No way that's the best wording. I think that one was a little too obvious and too simple also. Like, you know, I'm beginning to see a pattern. You know, the, the pun is just kind of silly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, it, and it was low-hanging fruit because I did see dozens mm-hmm. of the pattern ones here. So it's just. Yeah. But like yeah. I said, I, I think everyone was going to go with low-hanging Right. I went with not comfortable <laughs> in your own skin. That's low-hanging fruit. That's admittedly low-hanging fruit. I knew that wasn't going to be crazy original. Yeah. But, um, I didn't see any that said anything about going out on a limb in the crowd, crowdsource voting. And I'm really surprised that that didn't show up at all. You're right. I didn't see I any almost, of those. I, I almost huh. wish I did something with it because I didn't see it at all. And chameleons hang out in trees. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm, I'm dying to know what Jason's caption is so i'm looking forward to when he comes on yeah um but i was i was disappointed with these finalists i i really wanted to see some very clever wordsmithing and i didn't see it uh yeah these are almost like pulling captions out of a hat you know they're just as good as other ones i've seen not worse not better just as good you know right right it does feel that way um just because i know these aren't the best way to word it it's yeah just that last one, I'm beginning to see a pattern. Is that not better than hmm, I'm beginning to see a pattern? I don't know what that HMM is. Right. And it's, it's interesting to me. It's interesting that none of them were um, what the therapist was thinking or writing in his notebook because that neither one of the characters in the in the cartoon are speaking. So, you know, it made more sense to me to make the caption something that the therapist would be writing than speaking out loud and and none of these three captions did that uh, I, but again i don't know that the contest has ever done with yeah. the uh, thinking right someone's always speaking yeah true i agree the cartoonist should have opened the mouth to make it <laughs> obvious but i don't think that they've ever done they would have to really put thought bubbles for me to write mm-hmm. a caption with thinking because right. i've never seen them do it that's true all right seems like uh i think we've beat these finalists to death <laughs> how about the current contest uh the tom toro this seems a touch late for me i feel like this cartoon should have been three weeks ago 
But in any case, this is a, a man sitting at a desk in front of what appears to be his house, a woman in a bathrobe at the front door of the parlor floor, and a bunch of neighbors are walking past his desk, and the man at the desk is talking. Funny observation, I don't know if it's the cartoonist's personal view, but um, only the children don't have masks on. Mm -hmm. It's interesting to me that he did that. Yeah, I noticed uh, that. I don't know. Maybe he's, he's putting his personal view out there. He doesn't believe children should be wearing masks. But um, <laughs> it seems very intentional that he did not give them masks. Right. Mm -hmm. that, right? That was definitely intentional. Yeah. Yeah. This one's a hard one. It's like I had a hard time coming up with anything. Just it's like I'm, I'm tired of the pandemic jokes and I really don't want to think in that direction. But, you know, you almost have to with this one. Uh, the, yeah. the desk looks like an old school desk for some reason. And that looks like a teacher at a school at a school desk. I, so I'm kind of torn between, is it a business, you know, with a receptionist or is it a teacher at a school desk? Mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of throwing yeah. me. It's threw yeah. me too. Like it, it almost looked to me like a, like a book signing almost at first, but, but a teacher's he's desk probably yeah. I know he's got all the papers, but they'll right to the, to his right or to his left are books. It almost looked like an apple on the desk too. I zoomed in real close to see it's if that was an apple. Up with but... the T tag. Mm -hmm. I, I thought it was an apple at first too. Yeah. But, um, but you know, yeah. there's no phone. There's no computer on the desk. It's kind of like that doesn't feel like a receptionist or a, a you know any kind of business desk to, to me. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I did I did submitted my caption as if it were a business though. Um, so maybe that was wrong, but, um, I ended up submitting, I took a few messages while you were in because it looks like it looked yeah. like it could be a receptionist to me and he's just emerging from the pandemic <laughs> from, um, you know, from being inside for so long and, uh, and the papers, I, I was just thinking the papers on her desk could be old fashioned message taking, um, you know, by an old-fashioned receptionist. So that's what I ended up submitting. Um, I had I had another my other two ideas that I came up with after because I submitted really quickly because I I didn't think that I was going to come up with anything better than that. Um, I had another uh, another idea that was your appointment isn't for another fifteen minutes, which is just kind of silly, stupid, yeah. but um, you know. I figured like she was saying, go back inside and wait, wait again. We're not ready for you out here yet. Um, mm -hmm. and then my third idea was sorry, appointment only. But I think I made the right decision, actually. Yeah, I think of those three you yeah. submitted. Yeah. 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 A, a, a good one. So we'll see what happens. It's a hard cartoon because there's a lot going on. Right. Mm -hmm. And like Paul said, I'm sick of pandemic jokes. This This cartoon feels... Two weeks too late. Yeah. Right. Well, finally, it looks like pushing past this mask world. And uh, right. That's actually. Yeah. That's kind of where I was going, anyways, with the, the one that I came up with where it's kind of like, okay, this might have some legs here. Uh, we're transitioning from working from home to working from the front stoop. So yeah. no longer working in home. They're slowly working at different places mm -hmm. as they get closer to work. So, yeah. Something that can work out still. Slowly emerging. 
or maybe something like we're slowly moving away from work from home. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Something that's, like that. A, that's actually good. Yeah. yeah but this, this is going to be one where it's going to be the, you know, right before the contest ends where I'm going to submit it. Cause I, I'm not coming up with anything good right now. I'm thinking with all these children in the picture too, it almost makes more sense that it is a school setting rather than a, um, rather than a business setting. You know, I mean, it's obviously morning where kids are walking to school and, you know, but I don't know. I don't know why I would put all these children in the picture. The kids have backpacks on. So mm -hmm. thinking that maybe, maybe it is actually a school picture. And I got, I got the idea wrong. Yeah. I, I have an, I, I have a concept that I like. Um, trying to come up with wording, the current wording. Um, and it's a bit of a thinker. Currently I have it worded as it's just a draft because he's writing something. He's outside mm -hmm. uh, of the draft he's writing and the draft from being outside. Right. I worded it like 30 different ways, literally. Um, and it's, it's a little tough to word. I, yeah. It's just a draft is the shortest version of it. You know, others were, I'm having a little trouble with this draft. Uh, That's better. You think that wording's better? Yeah, because you need a little bit more than that. That just a draft is too short. You don't have enough information coming from there to support it. You need a little bit something there. Yeah, I, I always like a caption where with the dual meanings. Mm -hmm. So I, I like the idea of a draft, right? He's writing a draft and he's feeling a draft. Mm -hmm. That concept I, I like. Um, It'll just be a matter of how I can right. word it. And that you might be right. I'm having a little trouble with this draft. It makes more sense. But I'm almost certain that's the route I'll go. <laughs> not sure how I'll word it, but I'm almost certain that's the route I'll go. Uh, I'm fairly happy with it. Doesn't address the people wearing masks, but mm -hmm. as we've seen, you, you don't necessarily have to address everything in the cartoon. Right. You know, if you just address the fact that he's outside writing. I think is good enough. Yeah, it's it's interesting. You know, how what kind of a take would we have if nobody is wearing a mask? You know, how does mm -hmm. that change it at all? If it changes it, right? Yeah, it's it's a it's a hard one. I like Tom Toro's drawings, though. I, th I think his artwork is good. Mm -hmm. So I, I was happy to see him back in the contest. Yeah, I, I don't think there's been a Tom Toro cartoon in the contest in quite a long time. Yeah, this is a good one. This is a good one. Um, we will even, see what comes of it. Even though it is a, another pandemic cartoon, it kind of, you know, it is a little bit different, you know, than, than the different tropes we've had recently. So, um, yeah, and I'm not even certain that the finalists will have some anything to do with the pandemic. Yeah, probably true. one will. If I had to guess, I'd guess two will not have anything to do with the pandemic. We'll just be address the fact that a man is outside yeah. of his house. Yeah. Well, maybe masks are so normal now that, that cartoonists are just going to draw them in. It's not going to mean anything other, you know, other than it's the new normal. Maybe that's it, right? I was trying to figure out why the person at the desk wasn't wearing a mask. And that's mm -hmm. because they're speaking. That's why they're not wearing a mask. Right. We had to yeah. determine who was speaking. I can't here. wear a mask. How will they know who's talking? Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah there were a few that's I liked. Probably not a terrible caption. 
<laughs> there were there were a few I liked in the Facebook group too. Um, one was uh, put on your sandwich board and come on down. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Um, you know, like he's going to be advertising something on the street. And, sandwich uh, board. Sandwich board. You know how people walk around with like sandwich boards? It's like a front and a back, and it says something. You know, like oh. Uh, I didn't know it was called a sandwich board, but I, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Like when, you know, when people are in tax season, you see people outside saying, yeah. get your taxes done here and whatever. Yeah. And then the next one I liked was on secretary of the exterior. I thought that was funny. And, um, you know, like a, a double meaning there too, like a cabinet member or, you know, they're outside. And, uh, and this one I liked the best in the Facebook group that I saw. Um, I've got a ton of pre-orders for this summer's lemonade. I thought that was great. That is good. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's the corporate department at the lemonade stand, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, thought, I thought that was funny. That so, is good. It works. We'll see what happens. <clears throat> well, that's the, another one I had was when I'm working on the weather report. That's a good one. I like it. Well, it'll be interesting to see the outcome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, don't worry. The desk is six by six. Kind of addresses the <laughs> pandemic. Yeah. That's a good one, too. Yeah. Well, it's I don't think we'll be able to predict um, the no. finalists of this one. No. Well, it wouldn't surprise me if a lemonade is addressed. Yeah. That, I, uh, that concept I, might be there. I thought that was very clever. I liked that. Oh, well, good cartoon this week, despite the fact that it's pandemic related. Uh, I don't think it, I don't think it pigeonholes you into a pandemic right. caption. That's a challenging one. And next week is uh, Drew Dernovich, right? So that'll be, a, that'll be a good episode. Looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. And then after that, the week after that, we have Jason Chatfield, right? We're in two weeks. Jason uh, probably two weeks. Two weeks. I think uh, we don't have anybody on after Drew. We uh, skip Amy's. I think I, we couldn't get her on. Right. Mm-hmm. And next week is the finalist of the cloud cartoons. I look forward to seeing those finalists too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so good episode next week. Yeah. All right. Very good. So why don't we uh, call that for part one of this week's episode and uh, coming up in part two here, we'll have Shannon Wheeler. All right. See you guys in part two. How's that? We got you loud and clear. Oh, I love it. I love it. Technology. Amazing. Technology at work <laughs> when it works, right? Mm-hmm. Where are you located? Cool. Um, right now I'm, I'm in uh, Berkeley. I'm down at my mom's place. Um, and so just kind of a little ad hoc studio here hanging out yeah, for the week. a little week. earlier there. I'm in New York, so it doesn't look eight o'clock where you are. <laughs> That's why I asked. No, no. And after this, we're going to go swimming. So, uh, oh, nice. Pretty great. Way to rub it in. Very California. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no mosquitoes. No. Shannon, before we start, I wanted to show you I have your uh, thing on the wall. But you- uh, 
beautiful. That is still one of my favorite cartoons. I just loved, yeah. I don't know. It's nice that it has a good home. It is. It's, it's my favorite. I absolutely love it. <laughs> at the Cupid one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a good one. Cupid at the optometrist? Oh my God, it's killer. Uh, so we're pretty casual here, but want to open by giving a quick little uh, background of what got you into cartooning and uh, your eventual path into books and eventually the New Yorker. Yeah. Um, yeah. I d- I've loved comics my whole life. Um, so I don't know what got me into it. I mean, I think it's always been there. So it was just, and it was always magic to me, you know, that, that you could have a panels and they tell this story that's inside your head. It just, it, it just always amazed me. It still does. It still amazes me. And I look at it and it, I just think, how can I do this? And it, doesn't make any sense and you were able to draw pretty well as a child i feel like you either have it or you don't in other words i I never had it i don't think i could learn it no i i no i think it's uh you know you just i think you should do it you do it i mean i i don't know i don't feel there's some people i know that are really really good and i i don't feel like i'm I feel like I'm pretty good. I'm a good B student is what I am, um, but I've worked hard at it. But I think anybody can do it, honestly. And what was, your, what was your process into getting into New Yorker? Was that a big goal for you? It was a little bit, like especially in high school, I liked the cartoons. And then I think Playboy, when I was a kid, I had a memory of... Um, visiting my grandmother and, and with my cousins finding a stack of playboys in the closet. And we just, we were, we loved the cartoons like that, you know, cause we we're, and it was before I could read. So there was an older cousin who could read. And so he'd, he'd read us all the cartoons and we try to figure it out. Um, but yeah, the New Yorker and playboy, there's a heavy overlap of the cartoonists. Um, but getting in, it took, it took a year um, of figuring it out and doing it and, and, trying to crack the language of it. It was and tough. That, that was that was in high school when you started submitting to the New Yorker, or that's just when you kind of noticed oh, cartoons? No, that was when I noticed cartoons. I mean, I, I was, you know, probably four when I first started reading those cartoons and in the in Playboy or, you know, looking at the pictures. Uh, but cartoons, I started in college uh, drawing for the college paper, and I started with a single panel cartoon. And then um, did strip cartoons, moved to Texas, started doing comic books, um, underground comics. And then uh, in Portland, it was only in 2009 that I started submitting to The New Yorker. I was, I was really depressed. And, and I'd met Matt Diffie and I and saw his talk about New Yorker cartoons. And I thought that would be, that would be really cool. And so I, um, I talked to him about how to submit and what to do. And, and he agreed to help me and, and, uh, or he offered to help me and at, which consisted of him telling me how these cartoons that I was doing weren't funny and how the drawings <laughs> weren't good enough. And it was, it was a real teardown, but it, but in a really good way, like I, I submitted to the process and just thought, okay, I need to get better. And I thought about like, what makes the New Yorker cartoon work? How, what's the structure and, um, it led to some real insights about 
about comic about those comics in particular. Right. And what were you doing prior to sending to New Yorker, where where you were published elsewhere? Uh, the Onion. I was cartooning in the Onion, um, and As then a staff? back part of the staff? No, no. I I was in the in the print paper. Uh, it was a regular little spot they had. Um. Yeah, so my good I, friend of mine, Nick Gallo, was the uh, graphics editor for The Onion. He's moved out to Portland, Oregon, um, and we still have to get together. I saw, I've met him in New York years ago, and uh, I don't know if he's still in Portland, but I keep meaning to no, see him. No, he's back in New York. He's a good friend of mine. Oh. Just had a just had a baby. So I, yeah, I really like the guy. I, was, I, I'm sorry, I missed him in Portland. That's a stupid of me. <laughs> yeah, he's back in back in Brooklyn. Mm. Um. Yeah, the onion. Shoot, where else? Um, I don't. You know, I was doing all sorts of little fact sheet five, um, Daily Californian, the Daily Texan, and then doing my comic book, uh, self publishing, and then Dark Horse. Uh, won some Eisner's. I don't know. Just here and there. you know. So when I come to the New Yorker, I was like, like, oh, I know how to do this crap. Like this is easy. And then and then working with Diffie, it was just like, oh, this is not easy. This is, I really had to tear down and then rebuild to figure out the language of it and what made it better. I, 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 I think better than a lot of other cartoons. Um, and it has to do with some of the narrative storytelling. And you look at some of the crappy single panels and you're like, why is this so crappy? And then why is this one really good? And it, and there's some, I, there's some things that just, I don't know, that, that can be thought about and, um, and worked on. I don't, for like, for one, um, the language in a lot of the New Yorker cartoons where the, the last word is sort of the punchline. So you put, you, you structure the sentence so that it's you very Hemingway where you drop out all the adverbs and, um, adjectives and you just let it be this minimalist piece but then you move you structure it so there's a, a narrative within the sentence um mm -hmm. which is something that i had to really look at and go oh i need to rework how i'm doing this a lot of times the panels are um they tell a story so that like like there's a, a story that you can imagine that leads up to the New Yorker cartoon. And then there's a story, a narrative that, that follows it. So you can imagine what happens next. And so it really creates this whole landscape of, of storytelling. That's really, they've really developed that and, and pushing that is it's really different than here's a pun or here's somebody doing something stupid or here's, this embarrassment it's no this is a landscape and it's a narrative yeah and that's real new yorker absolutely do you remember your first one the first one you sold oh yeah oh totally um yeah it was two cats uh talking and one of them saying um didn't i see you on youtube writing a roomba <laughs> and it was it was right at the time when that youtube video of the cat writing a roomba was first hitting and then the next day I'm out walking around and I see some buddies and, uh, and, you know, we're chatting and I've, you know, I've got this news like, Oh, I saw my first cartoon. You know, it's like, I wanted to share this news. And uh, my buddies were like, um, you know, what are you up to? And I finally, like, Oh, here's my chance. So I, I saw the cartoon of the New Yorker and without missing a beat, one buddy goes, Oh, was it two cats talking? 
Another one, yeah, saying something pithy. Another one, yeah, some kind of cultural reference that won't be funny in four years. Yeah, the kind of thing you got to <laughs> explain to people. Yeah, the sort of thing that that is uh, that that just is so abstract that you kind of have to know something in order to get it. And they just went on and on. And I was like, that's my damn cartoon. Like, it was just, such, <laughs> it was amazing. It was, I was like, I love my friends. <laughs> it, you know, to not let your head swell was just, an, it was just great. I, it was amazing. Very smart, smart people and ruthless. And that had to be what? Sounds like about 10 years ago, I would imagine. Yes. Yeah, pretty much. That was about 10 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And you've had probably 50 plus since then. Yeah, about that. My goal was to lose count. And I finally did. Um, oh, there you go. You still submit every week? I took a break. This year, I took the Mueller report and I turned it into a graphic novel. And that was consuming. Um, so I, I stopped submitting this year, but I'm about, I'm gearing up again and I've thought of about five cartoons. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm just recharging my batteries after 2020. Hey, my husband and I just saw that graphic novel at the, uh, at a comic book store yesterday and I didn't look at the cover to see that it was yours. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's terrible. I was just looking at it. Flipping through it in a comic book store yesterday. Oh, that's great. No, I love it. Um, yeah, that thing almost killed me. It was, it was, uh, I felt like Job walking through hell or something. You know? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Crazy. I'll have to go back and look, look more closely. <laughs> I, it's a trigger alert, I think is, uh, you know, so don't uh, do it with caution. That's funny. <laughs> it's nice. If we can just put the whole thing behind us, I'd be happy with it. <laughs> Well, didn't you also write a book, Crazy, uh, an illustrated version of Trump's tweets? Was that you? Yes. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, that was um, that was when he first got elected. And I was slated to, to do another collection of cartoons, uh, rejected New Yorker cartoons. We're going to do another one um, for IDW. And then I just yes. thought, like, why am I doing this? You know, like these, I don't know. I, I was really freaked out at the beginning of the of the term. And I just thought I need to do something more. I needed to process. And then I thought, oh, I can take these Trump tweets and illustrate them um, and kind of mock him that way just by taking him literally. And and I did. It was a good, it was a good way to process. Um, yeah, that's great. Yeah, it seemed a lot of cartoonists enjoyed uh poking fun of the Trump years. <laughs> I don't know. Enjoyed. I'm so, uh, you know, like, yeah, I made a lot of money off it, but I am, I'm so happy to be done with it. And I'm so excited to, to move on and uh, give it up in a heartbeat. Um, it's, <laughs> I'd want a boring president. That's what I want. I never thought I'd say that, but um, yeah, just give me, I just need a little, a, a breather, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I can relate. So oh, now you're getting back into uh, New Yorker submissions. Yeah, I started again. Um, I thought of, I thought of one that I liked. I don't know quite how I'm going to do it, but it has to do with like vectors and and uh, playing with perspective as a gag. So it's sort of a visual pun. Um, and then I've thought of a couple. I mean, the vaccine 
gags are the obvious ones and going back to work are the obvious ones. Um, and so I'll do some of those. Uh, but yeah, yeah, and probably two cats talking, saying something pithy that won't be <laughs> funny in four years. I think that's hilarious. When they said that about your cartoon, were they talking about your cartoon specifically or were they just saying that generally about all New Yorker cartoons? They threw a dart and hit a bullseye. Because, <laughs> yeah, because I just sold it the day before. So nobody had seen it. They had no idea. That's All I, The prompt that I gave them was I sold a cartoon to the New Yorker. And they, and they ran with it and, and just <laughs> hit it. It was perfect. I, it was unbelievable. I was like, wow, my friends are smart. <laughs> was, it pub- was it published pretty quickly after it was purchased? I think it was about, yeah, it was relatively quick. It was about four weeks. Um, yeah. Yeah. Four weeks. Um, yeah, it was a good one. I was really, and I guess Mankoff said that he had to explain to Remnick what a Roomba was. <laughs> yeah. I guess that 10 years ago, that's when it was just becoming a thing. Yes. Yeah. And Mankoff was a really, um, he really championed me. It was really nice to have um, Mankoff. It like, it, he he was a great editor, um, very very bright guy. It was nice. Yeah, we asked a lot of the cartoonists that come on. Have you noticed a difference with uh, the switch from Mankoff to Emma Allen? Anything yeah, um, a lot more relationship stuff. I mean, Man- Mankoff had relationship stuff, but it was always um, bitchy wife, stupid husband, and. Um, Emma's a, a little bit more subtle with her relationship stuff where it's usually more about alienation and the hers is more about the beginnings of relationships and Mankoff's were, was more about the end of relationships. <laughs> Interesting. When you were submitting to them, um, when you first started, were you living in New York or were you living out, out West? And so, uh, yeah, I was in Portland um, and I was faxing in every week. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, so it was all, it was, and funny because I, I pulled up my old fax machine. Um, yeah, Portland, Oregon. But then I would go out to New York uh, three or four times a year and stay with friends and hang out. Um, I just loved New York so much. And every time I'd go, I would just take copious notes and, you know, ride in the subway and draw, like, oh, I got to get this perspective right. And I got to get these buildings right. And how do I, you know, what do tourists look like? and you were faxing not emailing that's interesting too yeah yeah they they did faxing when did they stop um bob was still in when they when they moved to email but that was weird because i'd gotten so used to faxing and it made me keep my landline for way longer than i should have too (laughs) it sounds so antiquated now (laughs) yeah i I remember when it was cutting edge the the fax machine (laughs) Yep, I remember that too. And what's your take on the caption contest? You're a fan of the caption contest? Oh yeah, no, I love it. I mean, I but I'm I'm a like like I was telling you at the beginning is like I think everybody should draw cartoons and everybody should write and draw. It's a you know I'm 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 big on it. I like that uh, interaction and that involvement and and it's a fun puzzle to look at an image and just think, okay, what are what are you know, how do you fall? But it was, uh, I think it was gross. Um, Sam gross who, who talks about, um, like, 
why, you know, it's disrespectful to the cartoonists and uh, that you wouldn't take a, a piece of shouts and murmurs and then have the fans write in their last paragraph ending to this, the, you know, I don't know. He had a whole <laughs> spiel on it that was pretty good. I understand that too, but I don't know. I, I'm not too prissy about cartoons. His take was what? That it's almost makes it appear like anyone can do it? Um, that it is disrespectful that it uh, that you wouldn't take somebody's writing and then and then have a fan write the last paragraph to a story. You don't have Hemingway and then the last paragraph, uh, you know, like, oh, let me write, you know, the ending to uh, Old Man in the Sea. You know, here's the end. And, you know, the fish being eaten by sharks or whatever. Like, I don't know. And then you, know, you crowdsource who's going to write that end of like, oh, he brought the fish back. Oh, he. It gets eaten by sharks. Oh, he's he has a heart attack and dies. Oh, his wife yells at him for smelling like a fish. Or, you know, it's and that's kind of I mean that's a little bit what the what those caption contests are because ideally the cartoons are commentary that are specific of our culture and when you crowdsource it, it's it takes it away. You know, and it, then you're just looking for a visual gag out of it, um, right? I guess you solve that as a cartoonist by drawing a cartoon specifically for the caption contest. In other words, if you, if you start at the outset saying this is going to be a game, let me draw a picture and see what people can come up with. I guess that would solve the problem. In other words, now you, you're creating a game instead of necessarily a finished cartoon. Yeah. But I, you know, I, I'm just not that prissy about it, but then again, I'd probably be fine with people writing the last paragraph of Hemingway too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah i i like it i mean it to me it was it's interesting um yeah I, I i don't see a problem with it but i you know i'm not sam gross who's you know i i'm i'm more of a, a stringer than a you know than the cleanup um, i mean he's a master cartoonist and i'm definitely i i have to work i think he is he's one of the people that's born to be great and I feel, um, I don't know, I, I, I was talking to a friend of mine and, and we were sitting there and, and he said, uh, he goes, oh yeah, you know, I think that, you know, you and me, like you, we know people that are much smarter than ourselves, um, but we've worked really hard at what we do. And it was this kid um, I grew up with, uh, uh, oddly enough, Jesse Michaels, who was in the super big deal punk rock band. Um, called Operation Ivy and, and um, I don't know, at least in the Bay Area, it was a big deal. And, and so I, I don't know, I was flattered that he would say that. And his dad actually, oddly enough, is Leonard Michaels who wrote all these short stories for the New Yorker. Um, and depends on your generation, who you're impressed by it, whether it's Leonard Michaels or Jesse Michaels, um, sort of equally famous in different circles. But I, I think that's right. I mean, like, I, I know that I, I have worked really hard to figure out and, you know, I like, I, I look at a cartoon and analyze it and really try to intellectualize it to, to break it down and do it. Um, but some people, yeah, it just comes out like water from them. That's amazing. When, when you, people are talented like that. I think Sam Gross is one of those people. Yeah. And I don't think he's ever had a cartoon in the caption contest. I wonder if that's by his choice. <laughs> I'm sure it is. He he just sure railed. <laughs> so funny. And you've had what two? I think you had. I think 
from my uh I'm not what, sure. I know there's one with the two that I was able to remember. Um, there might have been a second one, but usually those are cartoons that I submitted, and then and then they said, "Oh, can we use this for Captain Kai?" Yeah, that sounds great. Um, yeah, so um, yeah, I'm I'm happy to do it. Um, I love it. Um, I was just going to ask you: have, have you ever thought about submitting to the other contests, also like the uh, cartoon collections and um, any of the, you know the other? I don't know exactly which other ones there are other than that. Yeah, I'm in a couple of the books. Um, I haven't been in the Diffie books yet. I think they're just about to put together another one. So I'm hoping to get in there. I like the rejected cartoons. Um, I love and yeah, yeah, I would, I, I've thought about it. Um, it. I mean, these last four years have been a trial um, for me. Anyway, <laughs> it's hard being on the left. And then, uh, you know, I, I, not that I, you know, I don't mind if people are on the right and uh, hang out with them at bars all the time. But um, but for me, on a personal level, I just I felt uh, it was stressful. So um, I feel like I'm just starting to reemerge into comics again after <laughs> submerging myself in in uh, he who should not be named. <laughs> I think this was your first. Oh yeah. This is, you remember what your caption was for this? This is the two office workers inside of a goldfish bowl. What was the caption on that one? It was something about, I've worked worse places, I think was mine. Um, and then, and then it, yeah, and then I, I, I liked it. It was, uh, um, yeah, I thought the captions actually were pretty good. I, I, I talked to, um, Colin was running the caption contest for a long time under Bob and, and uh, he would say that there were about 5,000 submissions at a time. And then they would break it down into categories to say, you know, we had 2,500 about the office and then we had a thousand about being underwater. And then we had 500 about um, the computers and 20 about this. And then there would be these kind of oddball ones that were um, way off in the corners yeah this one i think had a pretty good winner right? i think i think this top one won my last office had a castle yeah that's good i like that it's it's nice because it it alludes to um yeah it just makes you think about oh where would you know the cat i don't know it was, it was nice it had a nice poetry to that one yeah I, I, this is a while ago i don't remember what i submitted for this but I wonder how many they're getting these days. I mean, if it was 5,000 back then, um, I mean, now it must be. Yeah, it's definitely uh, increased. I guess it's closer to 10,000 now. Now that they opened it up least. to Instagram. Um, oh, I suspect cow. it's closer to 10,000. Easily, yeah. Yeah, I like that involvement. I mean, I but I like sitting with other cartoonists and – I'll draw something and then hand it to them and they draw something and hand it back. So to me, cartooning is, um, yeah, it's real. It's like riffing and allowing people to riff to me. It's not, it's, it, it, it's not like a fine art painting. With that, do you work with gag writers at all? Or do you typically uh, work on them on your own? Um, on my own, my aunt has given me a couple. I think one one that 
yeah, it's usually terrible. Like people, I, I, as a rule, I say, you know, oh, I'm too busy to, you know, or, oh, I wouldn't eat because most of them are just terrible. And so you just want to edit that out. But um, yeah, my aunt, she gave one about the aliens. Um, when we're home, are we still aliens? Yeah, it was two aliens in a spaceship um, talking and it was a little kid and hers are always kind of out of the 60s, uh, you know, to <laughs> shoot. <laughs> a lot of drugs i think um but it was it, she hits it though every now and again she she hits one and that's i think that's maybe there's one or two other collaborators but that's about it really i think about it but i don't mind stealing from my friends if we're sitting around at a party and it's funny with other cartoonists like we'll be sitting there and we're all you know talking about some dumb thing and then there'll be a gag that's obviously a collaboration of everybody and then everybody stops and like <laughs> like i got that one no that one's mine you know <laughs> we'll fight over the idea of you know whatever it's usually something perverse and isn't as funny when you sober up but uh, I, I love it though i mean to me that like playing with other people and having the sense of play is is just a big part of cartooning yeah i bet yeah, I, I would imagine it would, be, it would be very helpful with a gag writer. Just to f- coming up with 10 a week is not an easy task. No, it's not. Um, yeah, a gag writer would be good. And I've seen more and more collaborations appearing in The New Yorker. Um, but I just haven't found somebody whose gags work in a way that, that, that I like. Um, mm-hmm. But I, yeah. I don't know. I, it, it would probably make things easier for me. Where do most of your ideas come from generally? Do you walk around with a notebook and, and just in case something you see something funny that happens and you want to remember it or what, what kind of process do you have for that? Yeah. Um, sitting down, what I would do is usually a day or two before the, the issue would come out, the previous New Yorker, and I'd sit down and I would, just to warm up, draw you know, Roz Chaz cartoon and I would go through the magazine and draw everybody else's cartoons just to stretch my drawing muscle and to start thinking diagonally or or rather than just literally and, and, and to start opening my mind up to ideas and then reading the newspaper and, you know, like New York post and there's a rat and then you think, okay, a rat in a deli and then, um, playing on, the rat and the deli ideas and, and kind of, so it's just riffing that way. Um, conversations sometimes trivia, uh, and then, and then going to sleep. And this has been hell for every girlfriend I've ever had just laying there and allowing yourself to move into that space between being awake and asleep and bringing in characters and having them start talking to each other and then they are creating and writing these cartoons and then waking up, turning on the light, writing it down, and then going back into that space. That dream space is, is to me, the best cartoons. Some, sometimes, you know, it's, it's like, let's do an image and then try to think of a caption to go with, like, let's do a funny image. And then what can work with that image and and thinking like what's a strong visual gag or at least visual weirdness. And then, and then text that will explain this thing that looks impossible to explain. Mm-hmm. I think I read somewhere that Ziegler used, 
used that technique where he would do drawings before coming up with the captions. And I think that that's kind of unusual, isn't it? That most people come up with captions. Most of the cartoonists come up with captions first and then draw to the caption. It seems like that's what's happening nowadays because it's always two people talking. It's always boring. It's like, what, <laughs> you know, I, it's driving me crazy. It's like, you know, another related, like, oh, I'm going on a date and it's, this is why it won't be good. And it's like, ah, <laughs> and it's just two people talking. Like, come on, like, let's, let's get something you know, let's have a meat grinder and a butcher and, uh, you know, and Santa with, you know, four reindeer and like, oh, okay, what's happening here with Santa and the reindeer? You know, like that's, I don't know. I, it's something that's going to shock me a little bit. <laughs> that's funny because I, I have found the, the cartoons of the issue somewhat boring over the past year also. I, I didn't know if it was just me. No, it's, it's driving me crazy. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I'm also like, I, I like things that are, that are a little bit shocking and disturbing. And so going and reading um, Sam Gross's cartoons that were in the National Lampoon, and it's like, whoa, we are such a conservative society now. You know, yeah. we're Victorian era again, compared yeah. to what they were doing then. Yeah, uh, I think cartoons should have an edge, definitely. <laughs> yeah, that drawing of Eustace Tilly in the as a in his hair suit, you know, naked like that one. Yeah, I actually pitched that to um, uh, to Francoise because she was looking for a cover of the, the humor issue. So I I pitched that to her. Except I had him holding the New Yorker, covering his. Um, you know himself um but i just i don't know yeah it didn't she didn't yeah. take that one but yeah that eustace tilly <laughs> drawing that you did for us is amazing <laughs> it cracked me up <laughs> i'm like made me laugh i don't know it was, it's right. my audience of one it was great no it was an audience of two at least because <laughs> i thought it was hysterical well that's the cover photo for our podcast logo which i'm sure yeah. i love it i am so glad yeah, thank you for that. <laughs> mm -hmm. the best oh my gosh it just, it, to me it, it yeah it, it makes sense because it's like oh let's strip down the new yorker to this bare bones to this like what's the element what's underneath the clothes that's that these cartoons i don't know yeah it's, and it's funny. it's funny you know it worked great for us we loved it paul's uh, son kind of did the graphics on it get it you know get it got it to work as a podcast logo but yeah the cartoon's great yeah thank you like working on that <laughs> <laughs> i had to i had to think a long time like would he be circumcised or not that was uh, <laughs> i can't remember what i i think yeah i i can't remember. i think yes is what i wound up with but i'm i can't exactly remember I had a censored sticker over it for quite a while on the on the Facebook page. But <laughs> yes, you don't want to go to Facebook jail for sure. Right, exactly. Yeah, I first so, sent it to my son. He, he texted back, "That's an interesting photo or interesting interesting illustration, Dad." I, like, <laughs> yeah, that was an interesting one. You don't have to use it all; just the good parts. <laughs> and the funny thing is, is like I I've gone, you know, I go out with we used to submit. Um, to the New Yorker, you'd go in with your cartoons, you'd sit there and you'd, you know, get rejected and all that. And you'd go out, uh, have lunch afterwards with 
all the, you know, it was cross-generational. And so it was this really neat thing. Um, and then a few of us would go out and drink after that. And then just just the, the riffing and drawing in the dirty cartoons that, um, that we would do together were just so much fun. <laughs> I, I, I miss that a lot. So funny. Do they still have people go to the offices in the New Yorker? Or now is it all you kind of have to email them all or send them electronic? Well, I mean, I think we're going to go back to submitting, but definitely the emphasis has gone into just emailing in a PDF. I mean, the, the, the COVID stopped office meetings yeah. for the year. Um, I don't know when she'll start up again. I hope, I hope so. I mean, to me, it was a really, I really liked it. And, and I liked Bob was, you know, is uh, so intellectual about it. Like he, he'll, he'll sit there and break down a cartoon about why this works and how it works. And it was, it was just, it, it was nice for me to talk about things in that way. And he would call call me out too, like he'd be going through these cartoons and you know, you're doing 10, you're going to skimp on some. And he just had this eye where he would just point to where I, it just obviously I had cut a corner and I was just hoping he wouldn't notice, but he would just point and then put it in the discard pile. Like he, he just snapped and saw it. Um, it was good. It was, it was good. It, it made me up my game of like, okay, I need to work harder every time I, submitted. I was like, this is worth doing and I'm learning a lot and it's a good journey. Yeah. I can imagine there's a big benefit to handing it in in person as opposed to just sending it in, getting no feedback other than we bought it or we didn't. Yeah, absolutely. And then talking to the other cartoonists, you also learn, but okay, they're not buying cartoons about homeless people anymore. Um, so, oh, there's half my submissions this week. <laughs> like, I guess I won't do <laughs> two bums at a garbage can, you know, warming their hands anymore. Like some of those cliches are, are off the table. Um, overweight cartoons, you know, it was a mainstay for years. Like, okay, somebody's overweight, make fun of them. And then that's, you know, no, you don't fat shame anymore. Like, so culture sh shifts and the New Yorker is very sensitive to those shifts. Um, you know, they, they're interracial couples, um, have come in and then uh, gay couples. Um, yeah, I mean, most of the shifts I agree with and, and like. Um, I, I wish they were a little bit dirtier. That's my, that's the one shift I lament. Yeah, I, did, I, I didn't notice personally that uh, obesity was out, but it was brought up last week. And uh, mm -hmm. apparently- Oh, yeah, really? Uh, yeah. I forget the cartoonist, Beth will know. There's a Canaan, but, um, a Canaan cartoon um, with the, the role-playing couple and the, the man is a doctor and the woman's crying. And the man says, as your doctor, I'm medically obligated to say something about your weight. I, I always thought that joke was funny, but it would be no more, you know, it would be rejected now. Yeah, it's off the table. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, there's a lot of sensitivity and some of it I think is really good. And, and I really like that they've changed with the times. And then some of it I think is like, you know, we can still make fun of ourselves for, I'm not the, you know, thinnest of guys. So I don't mind making fun of myself for some of that or, mm -hmm. but yeah, I don't know. It's, it, it's a, it's a really well put. I mean, I still have such respect for the cartoonists and um, it's just been so nice to plug into a scene that, that, you know, that, 
you would think would be snobby and you think would be um, erudite and elite. And then, and I get there and it was so accepting and, and warm of like, you know, oh, you're, you're submitting for the first time. And they, uh, everybody there was like, oh, that's great. You know, like, what are you doing? And I hope, you know, don't be nervous. This is going to be good. It was very, very supportive in a way that I just was shocked by. Um, Cause a, a lot of magazines, under the New Yorker that are aspiring to be the New Yorker, they are such jerks and so snobby and so rude and, and mean. And then you get to the New Yorker and they're really nice and polite and helpful and supportive. It's just weird. It just goes to show like what people, they think that in order to be good, you need to be a jerk. And that's just absolutely not the case. Yeah. And that's why they succeed. Right. I mean, I, they really own a publication now doing cartoons or at least paying any real money for them. Yeah, I think so. I think that is a big part of it um, is, is, yeah, is how with the warm, the good atmosphere that they have at the New Yorker, I think has really played a, a good part. I mean, Mad Magazine is the same way where you go in there and, and the old editors were just um, comfortable enough to kind of make fun of you. But in this very, it was just, it was, so warm and like you know you're you have gotten to the point where you're submitting to mad magazine and that is um i don't know there there an appreciation and the support there that i i was shocked by um i just thought like oh this will be even snobbier this will be even like no it's that much nicer and really people that you kind of fall in love with that's great how about the daily cartoon? Do you ever have you ever been tapped to do that for the New Yorker? Yeah, I've done a few of those. Um, the last one I did was right in the pandemic, where I had the woman looking out the window saying, "We're in the part of the movie that's usually a montage," and, and it, was, it was just that feeling. I mean, it, and that was one where I wrote the caption first, um, and I because I felt that way and. Uh, yeah, that was, I, I was really proud of that one. Um, cause I felt like it really nailed that early pandemic feeling of isolation and terror. And, and, and I was just thinking about all those zombie movies that I love where they, there's that montage where society's falling apart. You know, they have like the little yeah. clips of the grocery store and the, <laughs> it's like, Oh, that's where we are. We're in the montage. You know, I don't know. That's great. So what do you got going on now with the Mueller book finished? Um, uh, you, have, you have new books you're working on or is it now yeah. you're going to focus more on the single panel stuff? Um, I'm, I'm definitely going to go back to, to doing the New Yorker again, because it is such a good, um, I just like it and it really feeds part of me. Um, years ago, I wrote an opera. Um, I, I, I did the libretto. Um, and then I worked with a, a he, he wanted to do an opera and he's like, oh, let's do too much coffee man opera. And I was like, eh, it sounds terrible. And I had this dream where too much coffee man singing. And I, I was like, oh, I should do it. So I, I pull in a friend who writes poetry. So I worked with him on rhymes and, um, yeah, we, we produced an opera, which is about the a dumb of thing as you can possibly do. Um, so now I'm doing we, we, I think we have a grant to do a third act of it. And I just, as a palette cleanser, I started drawing the opera as a comic book. So now I'm doing a comic based on an opera that's based on a comic. <laughs> <laughs> but 
but it's so much fun because it, the libretto's written out and it's all these puns and I've like I have gone over this thing with a fine tooth comb um, writing this stuff. And I love the puns and the gags and everything. And now it's just like drawing this, just drawing the images. It's just so relatively easy. And I can just kind of lean into my Basil Wolverton cross hatching, which I just, I, I love, I love hatching and cross hatching, which is so un New Yorker. Like I, mm-hmm. I really worked to doing a minimalist style for the New Yorker. Um, starting off with those little Copic pens to do the grays and then everybody was using those pens. And so I moved to washes Um, and then finally all these other people started doing washes. So I I moved to just a straight line art where I was like, I just, and there was a nudity to that. That was um, because you, you cross hatch and you can do this kind of crappy drawing and then you do all this cross hatching and you can round out all the um, shape, everything just with your cross. And it's like a lot of lines and it looks good because you've, you know, have a lot of lines um but i like the pushing to the minimalism was great but now i'm just going oh i want to do cross hatching and do this opera comic and um yeah so i don't know what i'm going to do with it after i do <laughs> it's been so easy i'm on like page 25 of this thing uh, but an opera comic is the short answer <laughs> do you i'm determined a- what's that do you have a musical background? What like what made you decide to do an opera? It was um, it was the the composer. He was a friend of the he is a friend of the family, and every Thanksgiving, you know, he'd be there and and say, "Oh, we should really do an opera." And I was like, "Yeah, God, like give me a break!" Like, there's how I was very much into writing and drawing things that would have an audience, and I just thought, how would you possibly do an opera that could be performed like where could I do that I know nothing about it and he would prod me every few years and he would just say no just write rhyming couplets and um and I'll do the music and after I had that dream with too much coffee man singing I <laughs> I thought like okay I can I don't know I was thinking about the the Bugs Bunny singing um was that Rigoletto or what was he what did which one did he sing um Barbara Seville I guess Rabbit of Seville mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that would just be fun. So I, I wrote a love song to love where too much coffee, man. I mean, since then I've found out other people have had the same original idea, but to me, I'd never heard somebody sing that they didn't fall in love with somebody else or something, but they loved love. And I thought that is so ridiculous and so stupid. It really appealed to me. So I wrote, Danny, um, the the composer, and I, I sent him this little rhyming bit um, about love, loving love. I love to love love. I love love. I, you know, and I like um, Laurie Anderson um, writes that phone piece where she had that this bit where she would add a word, and every word that she would add would change the meaning of the sentence. It seemed like there was a period, but then attach a new word. And I just, I really liked that structure. And I thought, oh, I could write a little piece. So I did the love thing. And he sent back a MIDI piece of music and just his understanding of the rhythms to create that humor so that there's humor in the music. Um, I was like, oh, I, this is great. I can do, I should write this. So I had too much coffee and loving love. Then he loved coffee. Then he loved a barista. 
because she's serving the coffee and then he wants her to be his sidekick. And then, and then he competes with espresso guy for her love. And then she's like, screw you guys. I don't need to be a sidekick. I'm going to go off and do my own. And so she rejects both of them. And um, so, you know, it was a love triangle without love, you know, basically. Um, I don't know. It was, it's, yeah, I don't, that we we've produced it now a, a bunch of times that that was just luck that we've gotten it. Um, but I wrote it so that it would be three characters and then I have the cup singing. So you could have a fourth character um, and cause espresso guy would sing as the cup and then you'd, and then, and then I have the audience as a character because, and then I had it take place inside of a, a coffee shop. Cause I thought this would be an opera that we'd do in coffee shops, but then we actually got it produced and um performing arts center so it's it's i don't know it's yeah i don't know i don't know anything about music i just um dabbled Sounds amazing. Well, too much coffee man being your character i assume yes. you're a big coffee guy I, I i grew up in berkeley so i've got uh, pete's coffee here as a and it's finally hitting new york too like new york for a long time was just like was it two sugars and milk or something and it was terrible for years but it's finally new york's upped its game on on the coffee scene in new york it's light and sweet yes. <laughs> <laughs> i love it uh, yeah too much coffee man did that as a underground comic for years um yeah it was a good you know it was, uh, it was a good character it's been fun i i when i did too much coffee man i thought here's one joke and that's all I'll ever be able to get out of it. And then it oddly enough became kind of a voice of like something inside where I didn't expect, but all of a sudden, like he's the one that will step forward when I'm going to sleep and start talking and having conflicts with espresso guy. And um, yeah, just, I'm like a crazy person watching other people talk and then I'm just writing it down and like, Oh, I've got a comic because they're arguing. Well, we have you for uh, almost an hour here. Um, I want to make sure it's still warm. I want to make sure it's still warm enough for you to get in the pool here when we're done. It's up the street. It's not as I wish as a backyard pool, but yeah, we've got. Um, it's not as fancy as it sounds, but it's it is such a neat thing to have a swim pool and uh, yeah, California man, going swimming every day. It's just been great. How long you been there? uh been down since i got vaccinated um came down because my mom she was you know she was in the montage for a year and uh i got down here about 10 days ago and just hanging out and, and going on walks and swimming and cooking dinners and yeah it's it's been nice i'm so looking forward to traveling again i i miss getting out to new york and I don't know, going to comic conventions. Um, yeah, it's the first trip in a while. Well, fine. I got my vaccinated to, uh, shirt. Ah, uh, Coffee Man was vaccinated? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just, I kept thinking like, okay, how do I show that I've been vaccinated? Like, if you take off your mask, you don't want to, like, how do you distinguish that you're not uh, MAGA? You know, it's like... Uh, <laughs> I, I want to not wear a mask, but I don't want to be a jerk, you know? So I was like, oh, I need a t-shirt. I'll do that. If only I had somebody that could draw a t-shirt. Oh, wait, I can draw. Okay, I can do this. Now he can go out unfiltered. Yes. 
<laughs> well, find some time to get cartooning there while you're while you're in California. Look forward to seeing more of your stuff in the New Yorker for sure. I'm I'm stepping up again, and the vector cartoon I know won't sell, but I've started thinking about. Um, we're getting back into it's definitely it's it's a sport and you gotta you gotta exercise those muscles of how to think and connect ideas in these weird ways well a lot of cartoonists don't seem to know you could submit cartoons specifically for the caption contest so if you have some wacky idea you don't know how to tie it all together send it in i'll do that and, uh, give yeah. us a crack at it office desk outside cartoon yeah <laughs> Oh, unless you had anything other, unless you had anything else to share uh appreciate you jumping on for an hour here oh I, I it's horrible how i um i love to yak especially about myself it's a it's a terrible <laughs> terrible thing so give it give me half the chance and i'm in you know i love it <laughs> well, hopefully you'll have a cartoon in the caption contest soon we'd love to have you back on i i'm i'm gonna yeah i'm i'm gonna shoot some cartoons of two people uh, walking down the street talking. I think that's, I'm going to start submitting those. I call those <laughs> puppet puppet theater cartoons because it's just two characters. Oh, God, I hate those so Put much. a parrot on one of their shoulders <laughs> and you're onto something. Exactly. <laughs> I probably shouldn't talk yang about my other cartoonist friends, but I don't know. I love it. Uh, thank you so much. I, um, it's great. I, I love the the podcast. It's been great too. It's really inspirational to listen to it. And uh, it's totally getting me back on track of like, you know, um, I feel like the natural or the, uh, what is it? Color of money. You know, I'm back, you know. Um, oh, well, thanks for saying that. And, and yeah, it is really nice to be listening to the podcast. I've really, I've, it, it, it really is inspirational. And I love, I love the breaking down too. Cause it's not, um, yeah, you're actually saying, yeah, this one worked, this one didn't, I didn't get this, this was my, yeah, it was not, it's nice that you aren't, it's, it's not reverential, but it's not, um, it's not a teardown at all. It's, it's analysis in a way of like, hey, this is good and this is bad. And it's a, I think it's really important to have that. And I'm, I'm glad that you're doing that. So I think it's, um, I don't know what the other cartoonists have think or thought or what they say. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, None of the cartoonists really probably wouldn't have much interest. The yeah. uh, finalists would, but um, <laughs> sometimes I love them and I give praise when I do, and sometimes I don't, and uh, I critique when you know well, when we when we have. Bob Mankoff, I mean, he came up with the cartoon contest, and and he said that he's terrible at it. Um, and I mean, I I do it. I never submit, but I I write out. I'm like, okay, here's twelve. I I try to get at least twelve of just as like a warm up of like, okay, can I do this? Can I bounce ideas off this? And I do, um, I do 10 or 12. I try to do 12, but 10 comes pretty easy each week. Um, just to see if I've got that muscle there still. They wouldn't let you be a finalist though, right? I don't... You know, it's, I, no, I, I don't, I mean, I wouldn't, I don't want to submit because I don't want to, I, I don't want to compete with some, somebody who doesn't do cartoons should be, it's their venue. Right. Like that's, it's, it's yeah. not for me to do that. Um, I like doing it, but I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to put it out there and take somebody else's spot. I, that would be wrong. I think. Well, that's, it probably helps you come up with other ideas I'm sure, for your own it, original. It cartoons. does. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 
we haven't heard any other cartoonists say that they do that. So that's interesting. And uh, yeah, like I said, the next the next time you have a uh, cartoon in the caption contest, uh, we're definitely going to reach out to have you back on. Uh, I'm, as soon as I'm in. Like the, the original caption and the thought process and all that. I'm totally in. And uh, yeah, you'll have to suffer me again. No, appreciate it. Thanks a lot. <laughs> all right. Take care. Enjoy the weather. Talk to you, Thank you.